Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. His name is Sheldon Casavant. He's a magician. My primary focus now and what keeps me busy is the uh, the corporate market. Conferences and uh, performing at seminars where they just need a little bit of uh, entertainment. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? I was very nervous in front of an audience and definitely that stage fright was there. It really grew just in uh, kind of feeling like stage is a second home and just feeling very comfortable and sometimes more comfortable in front of an audience than on a one-on-one sort of environment. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis, and joining me as always is our co-host, Fred Keating, my friend, and hopefully your friend by now. He's everybody's friend. We are back in Edmonton. It's one of our favorite cities. Edmonton is in Western Canada, and we love this place because this city is full of creative people, artists of all kinds. It's a busy place. Fred, tell us uh, where we are and who our guest is today. Not really in the wilderness. It's urban wilderness. We're in a beautiful park on a lovely spring day with all the hours of sunshine that Edmonton is known for out here on the prairies. And we are with a young man who I've seen work a number of times. His name is Sheldon Cassavant. He's a magician. I must tell you, You need to visit his website. We'll get the coordinates for you because you will see his work in North America and overseas, Asia, Korea, Japan, and it's wonderful to behold. I wanted him out here in the sunshine so I could see where his hands are at all times because you never know what a guy like this will have up his sleeve if you get my drift. I'm going to hide my passport. Sheldon, thanks for taking the time. You just got off the road, man. I did, yeah. I just came back this morning, actually, from uh, just a a string of uh, corporate events, actually. Well, we're pleased to have you with us. Thanks for for sharing a little time and hopefully information with us today, though I know that your trade is relatively secretive. and We're full of secrets, definitely. Top secret. Corporate events, that's intriguing. Tell me about that. Yeah, so uh, actually my primary focus now and what keeps me busy is the uh, the corporate market. I'm uh, doing um, conferences and uh, performing at seminars where um, it's uh, random industries and associations where they just need a little bit of uh, entertainment and uh, a magical addition to their event. So then I'm brought in and do, uh, usually it's an after-dinner banquet or just the other day I open the conference off with a little bit of magic to get the energy up and get things going. So, so it's the new kind of nightclub. It's the new kind of small performance art theater where uh, in addition to a great meal and a great evening there is this uh, magical entertainment component. Totally and what's fun with it for me is that the audience that is there uh, doesn't come thinking they're going to see magic. So they're there for the conference. They're there to learn about IT or uh, <laughs> or operations or whatever it is about the, the industry that they're in. But then the uh, the surprise for the, the evening is that there is a magician. There's fun entertainment that's interactive and comedic and, and a great way to spend the night. And you've won awards for your skills. Again, I encourage folks to go to the uh, to the website and uh, and read the list of... So you have done very, very well for yourself I would never presume to call you lucky because when where I come from, luck happens when preparation meets opportunity. And I don't know anybody who needs to prepare more 
for a performance than a magician. How did it start for you? Where were the, where was the seed planted, and, and what first turned you on about this? Well, yeah, there's uh, definitely, as you said, a lot going on behind the scenes with uh, with magic, and uh, that's always been kind of the fascination for me as a, as a kid. Uh, a lot of people kind of go through that magic phase of, of wanting to perform magic or get kits and tricks, and I would say that the same happened to me. It's just it kind of stuck around. But as a kid, I was always interested in kind of the engineering of how things worked and, and kind of the the creation of uh, little gizmos and gadgets and that sort of thing. So I always loved finding out kind of what went into something behind the scenes to make something occur. And so that was kind of the draw for me, um, pulled into kind of some like special effects of, of movies and really fascinated with like what went on behind the scenes to create what the audience sees. And so that really um, started the, uh, the quest for learning and practicing magic. That's really interesting that you draw the parallel to special effects for movies. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so uh, growing up, it was always that interest in uh, the secrets, little techniques that go in behind the scenes to create an altered reality or, or a different impression on an audience. So, so kind of seeing those parallels was always interesting for, for me. Then why magic as opposed to special effects indeed in the movie industry? Yeah, I think for me what it was was the instant reaction of the audience. So say with special effects is there's a lot of work and team effort that goes in behind the scenes that could happen a year or two before an audience's reaction. Whereas with magic, you spend that time, that effort in creating that effect, but you get an instantaneous reaction. And that's what kind of the, the payoff for all of that hard work behind the scenes is, is that, that moment of knowing that that person in front of you is truly experiencing magic. What age did you really start to get out of the just the box and just the card trick or two and and uh, probably become the only kid in the school that, <laughs> exactly. that was doing it. How old were you then? I was about 11. So for me, what uh, what happened, I've, I've uh, shared the story many times, but it's, uh, it's the true kind of uh, start of it in that at eight years old, nine years old, had an interest in magic. But at 11, I was at my local library looking up books on magic. And uh, there was actually a professional magician who was looking up the same books at the same time. And and uh, so he was in the, <laughs> the magic section of the library, uh, noticed this, young kid having an interest in magic and he uh he actually there in the the library kind of taught me a few magic secrets we borrowed some elastic bands from the information desk he showed me a few things he kind of became my first mentor in magic and that he was my first real magician contact at that point and then he also um, like gave me my set of uh, linking rings and items that I still perform in my show today this random guy from the library saw this in a 11 year old and and uh, that started it so from that moment at 11 in the library I felt like because I knew that real magician's secrets I too was a real magician so that's where it became uh, serious. And Fred, how many times have we said it in this podcast that so much of what goes on is as a result of serendipity? I mean, you can have your sights on what you want as an end objective. You have your vision there, but how you get there, so much is determined by the people that you meet along the way. Absolutely. And we also say that you need to take the first step. That magician, he didn't step out and go to Sheldon's place to look him up. He didn't know Sheldon. What he found was a kindred spirit who stepped up, stepped into seeking more information, and therefore became 
Well, what do they say? When the student is ready, the teacher appears. Right, exactly. And and it's definitely something I've realized along the way in that saying yes to those opportunities as well is very important in that, uh, well, a prime example is, is a, a few years later, I won a, a scholarship, a youth scholarship to go to a magic camp. And uh, I was the, would have been probably the oldest camper at the time winning this scholarship. And so I didn't know if I really wanted to go or is it just going to be a, a bunch of young kids and I'm the oldest, <laughs> oldest youth there. Um, um, so I decided I'm going to go. This is going to be my, uh, I'm going to say yes to this. And then from that moment, going to this magic camp um, north of Toronto, it, uh, it really opened my my world to me of all the magicians out in that side of Canada. And it, it became, uh, they've become my friends and still uh, colleagues to this day. So that moment of, at, say, 14, 15, that turning point really uh, changed my, my progression and my future. And if, in fact, you had the opportunity to help some of those younger kids improve their skills, you started to step into the, the mentoring boots yourself. And they, they say you learn more by teaching your specialty than you did when you first were exposed to it. And that's what's fun with uh, with this camp is it's an annual camp, Sorcerer Safari is what it's called. And uh, just this past year, I went back as an instructor and a performer and, and uh, really got to yeah hang out with a hundred some youth that are really into magic and to see that passion and that interest that I had at that age in someone else that age 15-20 years later is really amazing to see and it, it rejuvenates my interest in it as well. There is an interesting lineage there isn't it right from the first time somebody pulled a rock from somebody else's ear and presented it to them. Magicians, uh, male or female, are a special tribe, aren't they? Yeah, we're an interesting group of folk. It's <laughs> and, a culture. It's yeah, a cult- no, it definitely is. And it's, it's. Uh, I think what's interesting about magicians is they're open to those curiosities and the, the strange things around them that capture their interest. And then they are the uh, conveyor of that uh, that mystery and that magic to others. Now, back in the time when you were just starting to pursue this passion, what were you hearing from the people around you, from your parents, from your friends, from your relatives? Or were they saying, you're out of your mind, you're, you can't earn a living this way? Well, a very good good question. I actually was uh, very uh, fortunate to be in a very supportive uh, family, and my parents were very supportive of, of magic, and they saw that passion and that interest from such an early age that as I progressed a few years into really practicing and performing, I think they would have been uh, surprised had I decided to do anything else. So it was kind of that all-consuming thing that uh, they've mentioned before, jokingly, but <laughs> but I think truthfully as well as, say, I came in saying I wanted to be a lawyer, they would have been like, well, what about that magic thing? You seem to be really into that. So they they uh, recognized and acknowledged that passion at an early age, and, and uh, they didn't force it, but they were always there to support it. Now, when I patted you down earlier, looking for the rabbit <laughs> yes. and the rings, yes. listening for the jingling, I didn't find them, so well done. Thank you. But I did find that uh, deck of cards that I've removed from your pocket and put here on the table, and uh, I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind amazing me. Okay, this will be very interesting, because not only did you find this deck of cards, there's actually one card in this deck that I always keep upside down. Now, Fred, uh, this is the weirdest thing, because in a moment you're going to read my mind. I'm going to think of that card that's upside down, and you're going to name it out. This must be magic, because he's not that smart. (laughs) So we have a 1 in 52 chance of this working. I feel good here today with Fred. So a little bit of mind reading here. There is one card upside down in this closed deck. Right now, I want you to use your imagination and think of that one card now. What's the number of the card that you just thought of? It's a five. You serious? 
Sure. the weirdest thing. I'm taking it out of the box right now. In a moment, I'm going to spread the deck to you. But first of all, I want you to name the suit. Clubs, hearts, spades, diamonds? Hearts. Hearts. Because inside the deck, I always keep one card, like I said, upside down. Now, you could have chosen any number, any suit. I'm just spreading through the cards, and there is one card upside down in the deck. Fred, you could have named any one out of 52. You said the five of hearts? I did. This is the weirdest thing. Go ahead. Flip it over. <laughs> That's the five of hearts. I will, I'm thinking about it now, and I, I honest to goodness. I... <laughs> okay, just so everybody knows, I'm sitting shoulder to shoulder with this gentleman, and I didn't see any weird stuff going on. They're never going to believe you. <laughs> I'm still wrapping my head around it. Don't tell them how you did it, though, okay? Our little secret. <laughs> you did a great job. Have, have you ever been associated with the castle down in, in Los Angeles? Yeah, the Magic Castle in uh, in Hollywood. It's a fascinating place. Uh, I've been there a number of times. Um, I haven't performed there yet. But what it is, uh, is it's a private magic club. Group of members only, uh, and then invited guests that uh, nightly have an opportunity to see magic in different rooms around this old mansion that... Uh, uh, there's a, a theater, there's a close-up gallery, there's a, a parlor of prestidigitation, so a, a smaller theater for, uh, for more sleight-of-hand magic. And then the, um, the guests in this, in this mansion, in this magic castle, they uh, travel room to room and throughout the night get to see a lot of different magicians. Is it ever open to the public? It is uh, when you uh, are invited by a member, or uh, there's other ways of getting in, such as uh, if you're staying at the Magic Castle Hotel, which is uh, adjoined to it. There's there's a few different ways to get in, but uh, but the best way, if you're interested, just uh, give them a call. Something that really strikes me about you is that you're very well-spoken, you're very articulate, I can see you on stage in my mind's eyes being a fantastic presenter. Where did you learn this? Did you did you study drama? How did you get to be the way you are? Well, first of all, thank you very much. I think looking back, say, in videotapes or, uh, <laughs> or archival uh, examples of performances and, and uh, shows that I've done in the past, it's definitely a, a progression, a very gradual progression of being comfortable in front of an audience. So for me, looking back to say I was when I was 11 or 12 or 13 doing magic, I was very nervous in front of an audience and definitely that stage fright was there. It really grew just in uh, kind of feeling like stage is a second home and just feeling very comfortable and sometimes more comfortable in front of an audience than on a one-on-one -on -one sort of environment. And a lot of that experience also came from really focusing on it and studying it. So taking drama classes. And, and one thing that has really helped me as well with performance is uh, actually clowning. Um, so I've studied clowning at the University of Alberta here. There's actually a, an accredited program, a full three-week program of clowning. Are you serious? I'm very serious. There is an actual clown program. You learn not the the floppy shoe red nose sort of clowning it's more of how to be authentic in yourself to then relate to the world and the environment around you and as a, a true inner clown that knowledge of of just being open to the world around you really is allowed to come out wow can we get together again please definitely i'd love to there's a a whole world to uh to unravel we'll look forward to seeing you again thank you looking forward to it thanks for tuning in to monetizing your creativity be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity. <laughs>